Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. My guest today is a local woman by the name of Sheila Kubrick. By the way, not her real name. She's a local woman who gets really deep into the truth. And the book, that, by the way, that she's recommending at the very beginning of the podcast is Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, Laurel Canyon, Covert Ops, and the Dark Heart of the Hippie Dream. It's about how the three-letter agencies coordinated to control the hippie movement. The documentary that I'm recommending is American Dope Acid Dreams from Al Prophet. I'll have the link to his YouTube page at the bottom of the description. Also, for those of you that are unaware, Victor Rodriguez is fighting this Wednesday for the AFC's 135 belt. If you are planning on making it to the fight this Wednesday, it's at the Egan Center. Tickets are available at alaskafighting.com. And if you use the promo code VICTOR157, you'll get a super, super sweet-ass discount. Now, if you are one of our international listeners and you're like, how do I see this Victor Feller fight? Very easy. Check out Fight Pass. He will be on UFC Fight Pass this Wednesday. He is fighting for the 135 belt in the AFC. That is the Alaska Fighting Championship. Very, very cool. Very, very, very exciting. And if you are interested in training with the baddest badger on the planet, check out AK-49 Martial Arts in the Peninsula Center Mall. I try to make it there Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the 5 o'clock jiu-jitsu, but I burnt my bicep welding, so I'm not going to train until I heal. I'm not going to have someone's dirty, nasty foot get in my arm, and then I get, like, some nasty-ass staph infection, plus the coronavirus, and that's how I go. I want to go out. All right. Speaking of the coronavirus, that is the big topic of discussion for this podcast. My guest, Sheila, spent a lot of time in China. She's been through the streets. She knows what she's talking about, more so than pretty much anyone that I can think of. I'd really like to sit down with she and Jelly to have a conversation uh, more along the lines of what we can expect from this with what we're looking at now. And we'll prob- I'll reach out to Jelly this week and see if I can get her back on to have this discussion. Because I think we're looking at something really and truly terrifying. So, for those of you that are unaware, today, the day of recording this, Kobe Bryant's memorial service, uh, a Remembrance Day, was held for he and his daughter Gigi at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. If you are about to announce a pandemic, because that's really what we're looking at. We have three people in Spokane, Washington that have confirmed cases of this coronavirus. How many do you think really are in Los Angeles? We just haven't figured out yet. We have people from all over the world going to celebrate the life of Kobe Bryant. And what we're looking at is is a real possibility to get lots of people sick. Like, if you were going to do this as a weapon, and that's kind of one of the things that Sheila gets into, is how these viruses are weaponized. They are, some of these are man-made, and they are weaponized viruses. And if you have a weaponized virus, why not let it loose uh, at the Kobe Bryant Memorial Service? Or, uh, remember, so get together, speak on it. All right? If that's the case, why not? All right. 
So, uh, with that being said, let me go on to those of uh, the supporters who make this crazy-ass uh, show possible. Iron Asylum, located at 35165kbdriveinsult.no. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, theironasylumgymak.com. They carry supplements and a whole bunch of really cool t-shirts. Be sure to check them out. They're open 24 hours a day. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, their website. You can call Brandon at 907-953-4720. And if you're there at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's a really good chance you'll see me. But if you get there at like 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, score. You didn't have to see me. Also, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They're the makers of fine concentrates, the growers of fine flour, and the makers of hashade and a bunch of other stuff. They're sort of a farm-to-table in the way that a restaurant may also have a small farm where they cultivate their vegetables, and then they cook them and present them for them. Pretty much the same thing with Red Run, but with weed. They also carry flour from your favorite cultivators, including Bob's Morning Bear, Warner Brothers, Greatland Ganja, and many, many more. They also have edibles from Lady Grey, Creative Confections, and several others whose names are escaping. I think Alaska Bacon is one of the names. I don't know how I didn't get that name before them. I'm a little bit crushed. All right. They also carry fine concentrates from fireweed extracts. That is Red Run Cannabis Company. Be sure to check them out online, redruncannabiscompany.com, as well as Weed Maps for their current menu. Also, 5150 Vapes, located in the heart of Soldatna. They are your home for flavored nicotine juices, mods, the shatter batter, and your exclu- exclusive, not exclusive, that sounds really good, uh, your exclusive home for woke and baked t-shirts. The Smiling Unibomberings. Now, if you're looking for the robots are coming, I've got those on. Or you can DM me for, uh, for, for details on how to order. All right. Uh, thank you very much to my guest, Sheila. If they, you have a, a guest that you think I should be talking to, I'd love to hear from you. Coming up, I'm working on some other really, really cool interviews um, to include one with the great Ayatollah. If you're not familiar with Ayatollah, he is a hip-hop producer. He produced Most Def, a.k.a. AKA Yasin Bey's Miss Fat Booty, and a whole bunch of other stuff to include tracks for R.A. the Rugged Man, Poor Mega. If you can think of the rapper, he's probably done a track or two with me. In fact, enough with some of them to have whole EPs. I'm pretty sure he's done at least an EP's worth of work uh, just with R.A. the Rugged Man. Alright, uh, Alaska Red, be sure to check out his YouTube page, Freestyle Friday and the Monday Leak are in full swing. This week's Monday Leak, Animal Instinct featuring Matt Angler with a beat produced by a good friend, a very, very good friend, a beautiful human being, KOS. KOS made a monster with that beat, and Red and Angler is shining. Fucking beautiful. Alright, March 28th. Big Bun B, the king of the trail, he is coming to Coots for tickets. I go to Coots' website. I couldn't tell you right now. Maybe Eventbrite? I don't know. Also got Ja Rule coming, but I'm really more excited about Bun B. That's just my question. Alright, I have no idea what the Schnitzel Bomber special is this week, but I would still recommend going and trying it. Last week, it was the Schnitzel Poutine by popular demand. Probably from my popular demand. I'll own it. I really, really enjoy it. 
I recommend it. I also enjoy the $5 Sunday. Go in, ask for the $5 Sunday, give them your five spot, enjoy the Sunday. Thank you, later. All right. Thank you very much to my supporters. Thank you very much to the guests. If you have a guest that you would like me to, um, if you have someone you'd like me to interview, send them my way. All right, I will do my best to reach out to them and make it work. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, a license 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611. How the government <laughs> is, was involved in whole whole 60s counterculture yeah but just look at this picture um why don't you look at that i think these days especially in the states you have to be a politician or an assassin or something to really be a superstar before he was the lizard king u.s navy admiral george stephen morrison and his uh, his son James Douglas Morrison on the, on the bridge of the USS Bonhomme Richard, January of 1964. This book is dedicated to all of those whose blood still stains the canyon floor. Um, that was the, um, his father was involved in, we were talking about last week, um, the Vietnam, that started the Vietnam War. What's the, um, the, uh, the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. Yeah. His father was involved in that. You really? Know, this book... So I, weird scenes inside the canyon. Um, I will, I will get it on Audible later. I just I don't have a lot of time okay, to read. Okay. But um, I just with all of the family shit. But I'm, I'm, let's start off talking about that. Um, I the 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 CIA. We can talk about uh, law enforcement actually being behind the '60s. It's one of the things that I've gotten into in the last couple of months mm -hmm. was how that has happened from the beginning. There's a guy by the name of Al Prophet, and I cannot think of the title of his documentary off the top of my head. I'll, I'll put it in the notes. Al Prophet. Al Prophet. But he did a pretty good documentary about, um, it's only about an hour long. It's on Amazon Prime, and it is about uh, some of the CIA influence. The thing is, he, he gets into a lot of the backstory, the Timothy Leary, uh, and how they, how... Um, like the government was invested in Timothy Leary. They were. You, um, you can li listen to Timothy Leary saying he's part of working with the CIA. Anyway, Al Prophet's documentary, it's on Amazon Prime. I'll put okay. it in the notes. I'm yes. slipping on my mind right now. But um, another guy to talk about is Hank Harrison, who was one of the original um, managers of the Warlocks, who went on to be the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that last time. Yeah. That shit's in here. Yeah. It's like. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm excited to read that. We talked a little bit about that, and I didn't post that one up because the audio wasn't so great. 
Um, and so one of the things that we can do now is I can put the two of these together so people have a bit of a, a companion piece. Well, we can call it going down the rabbit hole. Um, damn, I wish I knew we were going to do this. I would br brought the paper, Manufacturing the Grateful Dead, because that paper has all, it's like the family tree of all this shit. It's got from Alan Dulles, MK Ultra, the LSD, I mean the whole thing, it's the whole tree in this article. Can you email it to me? Can you just can you just screenshot and send it to me because I can post it up on, on any of my stuff. Um, I'd be interested too. What can, can you go on the internet? Yeah. Look up manufacturing the Grateful Dead. Yeah. All right. Or make manufacturing the dead or something like that. All right. So, it's a long friggin' article and it's the whole. I mean, it's from the beginning. If you show somebody that's uh, into the Grateful Dead or that type of hippie shit they will they will fight you to they or say this is absolute bullshit because yeah, so, they're heroes so it's manufacturing the deadhead a product of social engineering is yeah, that it yeah that's it all right um, um Jan Irvin and uh what the hell is Joe Atwell i think that's the the authors it's like wow they're in on it and where i come from new jersey all those experiments and shit those hospitals, they were there. They were all there, yeah. Well, that was uh, sort of like an like an East Coast control. Like all all of the control was there. All of the folks were there. We didn't have the telecommunications that you have, where you can do the stuff out on the West Coast uh, like you can now, um, where you can simultaneously do things. However, back then, yeah, you wanted to have all of your guys in New York and New Jersey, and so. Uh, New York is is busy. New Jersey is comparatively speaking the suburbs, so you know. And they did all the uh, electric shock treatments, which my grandmother was involved in. That my mother, I mean, I didn't know my grandmother. I mean, I, I was, she died. Yeah. But she was part of that, the electric shock treatments. Also, I met a. This was back like in the late. 80s, early 90s, this man who was a professor at Choate, okay. who just totally like lost his mind, he was part of all that experimentation. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's touched close. I've always been like obsessed about that stuff. Well, you came in today so we could talk a little bit about what's going on in China. In China. So you and I have had a couple of conversations mm. offline, um, not recorded by any means. Um, and I guess now we're gonna we're able to kind of have the the recorded bit, the, what you're comfortable talking about and sharing. I, maybe you've heard. I have not. I have not. Um, I haven't been doing my due diligence. I, in in a wee bit, I have. I know that there are three cases of it in Spokane. Uh, there at Sacred Heart. So we have people in the Pacific Northwest who've already been infected. We're learning that the virus stays a lot long, uh, stays alive longer uh, than we thought. You and I have also kind of had discussions about books that came out thirty years ago that are talking about a virus born in Wuhan. 
So it it's it's like we've been down this road, and at the same time that this is coming out, Netflix is releasing a docu series called Pandemic that starts in all places China. Um, well, look at Contagion. You know, I have not seen Contagion. That starts in China. They show a guy, you know, t- picking his nose and he's putting his hand on the uh, strap handle. And then it's and there here it, it starts. But the thing about that book you're talking about, there was no lab back then. That's why, you know, I wrote, I, I wrote Retro Causality. Retro Causality, yes. Yeah. So yeah. that was, and what you pointed to um, was the book, The Adventures of Little Baron Trump and the Last President. Yeah, what did, did you check that out? Yeah. Um, the Adventures <laughs> of Little Baron Trump, pretty interesting. Um, it's, you know. Yeah, what the hell, what is that? I mean, time travel? Um, well, I think part of that is also that if you if you say something now, right? If you and I have a conversation, and we say in a hundred years uh, there will be a president named Gorgomil, right? There, in a hundred years they'll they'll come back and listen, like, oh shit, they predicted President Gorgomil. Um, these guys were clearly onto something, and gal, um, yeah. But eventually, like that sort of thing is going to happen again. I mean, it's Baron Trump is not a common name. But if it was the adventures of Mike Smith, um, then we wouldn't really give a shit. No, but you know what? In the book, did you? Did they have any of the? Uh, I didn't. I didn't go too deep down. Like okay. I know his father was a politician. His father was a politician. He in the book he has a vice president with the name of Pence. Trump Tower is where the hotel was in the book. It's like. Okay. Just like the book um, about the Wuhan uh, virus. Yeah. There was no lab there. They talk about how China experimented on their dissidents. That's something what China does. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, what they wrote in that book, making the perfect virus, how it affects. I mean, they really go into depth about the virus in that book. So what is some of the new information that you're getting? So what are the things that you're getting? Oh, hearing? my God. Um, you know, I've got... Notice that you brought notes. A big book, two big books of notes. Well, these are, this, this is other stuff mixed into it. Um, let's see, what do I have? Well, you know about Italy. Uh, and are there cases in Italy? There's a lot of cases in okay. Italy. Okay, it's second highest in the world outside of China. Okay. Iran. Explain Iran. They have cases... Okay. Okay. Um, uh, what else did I have? Um, no, I know there's been. I don't know. I have read there has been not a lot of transparency from the folks in North Korea. Uh, that rumored there is a lot of pe- There are a lot of people that are sick. Um, and it's re- it's spreading real fast. And it's spreading real fast. And there's a cult in North Korea. Ooh, I didn't know this. Yeah, I like cults. Tell yeah, me about this cult. Yeah, there's a cult. It's a Jesus cult. Okay. And it has to do with... If we Google North Korean Jesus cult, we'll find it. Gotcha. Look it up. I, okay. You can look it up. Um, the, the second wave of infection. Did we talk about that? No, tell me about this. The second wave... Okay, you survive the flu. You get the flu, you survive. If you get it a second time, you've got like... A real high chance of dying of heart attack. It affects the heart. 
This virus, they're calling it a chimera. chimera, Okay. Because it's mixed with so many different components. Okay. They found out. I think I might have talked to you about this. If not, rehash. Um, it was developed. They were developing it in the University of North Carolina. Okay. Chinese Americans working on the virus, sell it to China, got out by accident. They think that a, a doctor that was working in its, that lab was working with the virus. He comes out, doesn't know he's infected because now they're saying that the infection, you have to be uh, quarantined for 24 days. He came out in the public. He was one of those super carriers. Like that's the shittiest luck. You're a virus guy and you're a super carrier. What's the you fuck you man? You have the worst luck. Something bad was gonna happen to you. It doesn't matter. Like you were deterred. Something bad. You were going to be a, a great soccer player, but your feet were gonna be brittle. Like something. Like oh, that sucks. But also another another aspect Ooh. of this. They knew about this thing in October. Okay. The Wuhan government had a meeting, and they, they, it was a government meeting where uh, all the provincial officials would come to Wuhan City. Next thing you know, every friggin' province in China has it. Even, I think we talked about this, Xinjiang province, where the Uyghurs are, which is Western China, don't know if it's in Tibet, but it's close. Man, I've read that a lot of Chinese tourists who are planning their trips to Alaska have canceled. I heard that. Appreciate that. Thank you for being a responsible tourist. Appreciate that. I legitimately do. Um, but I, we have listeners all over the world, and so like I, from my heart, I appreciate when people are responsible when they're traveling. So I am very grateful to our Chinese tourists. I would love to show if you're if you're from another country and you're planning on coming to the Kenai Peninsula this summer, fucking hit me up. I'd love to show you around. Love to hang out with you. Love to to get some fine coffee from any of our fine coffee shops. By the way, uh, do you have a favorite local coffee shop? Do I have a favorite level? Um. So Coffee Express was brought to us uh, last week by John A. Beach. I had an Americano from there. It was pretty good. Not going to lie. I enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, I hit up Kaladi Brothers, uh, Mocha Amore, the uh, brew by... Uh, 602? Uh, not Brew 602. Brew 602 is is nice. Like, I, I've gone there with my kids. Like, it's, it's a little kid, like, treat place. <laughs> uh, but uh, the brew, it's by the um, the cab uh, the cab shop on K Beach. Oh, that's a new one, I think. Yeah, just okay. opened up. Uh, they do um, a cold brew milkshake. Hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty delightful. I must admit, I'm actually a tea drinker. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your What's your favorite tea? Uh, here I like the uh, Scottish, not British teas. Okay. Yeah. But my real favorite favorite is Chinese really good oolong tea that can't can't really get it around here. <laughs> Are you uh, It's not fresh. Does that worry you that you like you might like 
going back there is is kind of dangerous. I'm or not, you can, I'm not going back for till no. There's I have no plans on going back right now. In the future, but not right now. They're just they're electrocuting dogs and cats. Disin, they're disinfecting the streets and everything. And the disinfectant is killing everything. And last year when I was there, I noticed these people that they have these villas, right? And they have a worker and she was disinfecting the sidewalks of this guy's house. Well, he had a beautiful koi pond. She disinfected the sidewalk. The disinfectant went into the koi pond and killed like 40 beautiful, huge koi fish. I mean, they don't care. Today I get a, a message from the guy that you, I let you hear that. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, <laughs> this is bizarre. He wrote, not wrote, he, he said that he's willing to give his life for technology. There's too many people on the planet. People need to die for technology, for 5G. He goes, I don't see any point. This is just, he goes, this is just my opinion. I'm like, wow. That really blew me away. This is a, this, this guy who's like 17, when he was nine, he read all of Michio Kaku's books. Okay. And he's, yeah. And then he was, he was raised, you know, raised on the computer. I, I remember taking him up to the mountain and there was, he never saw real frogs. And his mind was like Minecraft. Like he saw reality as Minecraft. Like that just blew me away. And now he's willing to give his life to frigging technology? Wow. So let's, let's run this back a little bit because there, there are a bunch of... I, I, I do like that your, um, your reasoning of how the virus got out makes a, a lot of sense. It was a scientist that was using something that they weren't supposed to have that they had gotten from North Carolina. That makes way more... I mean, like, it it sounds way less nefarious than, I mean, it's still shitty, as a way to stop the protests in Hong Kong. I mean, I'm sure that's a that's a that's just a, a fringe benefit. But, but you know what's on top of that? What's up? That virus was meant for the U.S. And you can go on the internet and look up the Chinese dictator Xi. I think it was 2011. I'm not sure. You have to look it up, how he talks about it. How nuclear, how he wouldn't want to nuke the United States. That, that would destroy the, the land. China has so many people, they need to expand outward. Wow, what, what would be great? A virus. You, could, you can read it. It's unfriggin' believable. And I know, you know, um, there's a, a local radio host said that, um, my comments, uh, things that I've said on the radio, there's a great disdain for me, uh, you know, that I'm a, that I'm a crackpot. You no, I, I, let me, whoever says that is, 
is batshit crazy because it's all stuff that you can look into. You can look it up. This when I when I start bringing up truth, anything truther, right? I always say you can look into it yourself. Um, this is this is something you know research that I've done. These are the things that I've looked into. Till you can provide me any bit of information, otherwise that's what I'm sticking to. And you're not going to. You're, you're, you're not. Most people aren't going to do the research because they buy into the narrative. Whatever narrative that that makes it easier for them to a sleep at night and require and b requires the least amount of actual work from them. Uh, that and I think most thinking adults have been. You know, we're, we know we're being lied to. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, um, discussions about how to trust the media, I don't think you can. I I don't think the way that it's presented by anyone um, is is anything that you can or you should trust. The media very frequently acts as uh, either another arm of the government or they, uh, they exist to sell you shit. Like... And if you say things on the radio that people don't like hearing, then you know there's a really good chance that your career in radio will be very short. Now, if you are a, if you are a host and you allow people to think through and voice whatever their thoughts and opinions are, um, great. But do they say this on air or do they say this off air? They sent me a text. Yeah, I, I... Any publicity is good publicity. I guess. I guess. Uh, you, you don't have to say this feller's name. Uh, oh, you know. Oh, I, I know. I know, because I, I stopped getting texts back. It's okay. Like, it is what it is. Um, but they exist to give access to... And, and that's the thing. is like, they're not elected. They get hired because they do a very good job at this one particular thing or this other particular thing. But if you sit down and you really listen to or you watch talking head radio or TV, then you'll notice it's like 12 minute increments. We've talked about a little bit on the podcast before, and I don't know if you you and I have had this conversation, but it's like every 12 minutes, it's to jack you up and then sell you a heart medication, a burger, and a car, right? Um, but but it's all like and, and then you know then they'll try and sell you something else that has a lease attached to it right maybe in the next break it's a different model of car same class uh, same class of car but from a different manufacturer a different uh, medication it could be a heart medication it could be erectile dysfunction it could be whatever whatever it might be it could be a medication to help you with the side effects of the heart and boner medication like it, but there's going to be a car attached. There's going to be a debt, uh, a sickness, <laughs> yeah. and and food every 12 minutes. But the way that it's presented is they get you riled up, and then they say, "We'll be we'll be back. We'll figure this out in a couple. We gotta take a commercial." But they're professionally angry, right? So so karma's a motherfucker, right? Um, and and I don't know, like. I don't know how how these other cats do it, but like Sean Hannity is a professionally angry guy, twelve minutes at a time. 
um, and it, Rachel Maddow and all these other assholes that are on TV <laughs> feeding you the problem and the fake solution, the fake problem and the fake solution. Um, and none of it is shit that, that we can really do anything about. Um, you know, we, we knew that a lot, we know every, most things being presented to us are a sham and we get excited at the prospect of a not sham actually happening. I read an article yesterday about the potential I always get excited about the potential imminent explosion of uh, of Yellowstone. Always gets me going. Warms my heart. Because that's some shit that we can't actually control. And that would fuck up a bunch of us real quick. And, and, and I'm not saying that we're anything like ready for that. Or I'm anything like ready for that. But, but that feels a little bit more natural. If people that like... Movie corporations can't get the okay from are trying to kill us with a virus. That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. You know, like, we have to change Top Gun so that it can get the okay in China. We've got to change Thor so it can get the okay. Not from the people. We're not trying to service the people. We are trying to service the government that will allow us to sell to these people. We are selling, we are providing a a censored internet because if we don't, they're going to steal our shit and do the same thing anyway. Right. It's, what a fucking time to be alive. And, and you know, so I, I appreciate the, the bravery that it's got to take for journalists in China to come out and, and get the, this, this information out. Because these, these are our people. These are our brothers and our sisters. And these are our neighbors. And it's, uh, it's, it's a quick couple of flights and you are in the midst of it. You're in the thick of it. Um, you can, you know, meet some really, really, really cool folks. And those videos are real. I mean, some people have sent me videos and they are like, is that what they're really saying? And I'm like, yeah, that's what they're saying. Like there was a woman, I think you might have seen it. She's talking about... Um... I remember one from the early pop-off, like I think from January, and she said there was like 90,000 sick in, in, in Wuhan. And like the, the, the number then was still like at 10,000. And that whatever they told us the number was, it's like 10 times that. Oh, it's like yeah. some creepy math. Yeah. And they're, they're planning on going back to school and work in a week. As they said they, they have to get the country rolling again. Watch. <laughs> there's, what, there's what's the pushback that, on that socially? That's the... Whatever the government says. Most most people, whatever the it's a government weird gig, says, because you work for Starbucks, but you work for the government. Yeah, I heard they, um, you know, the N95 masks. They weren't allowing. They're made in China. Okay, they weren't allowing some type of material that was shipped from the United States to there. Whatever, I don't know. They nationalized that company in China. So what's that mean? If we need them, we can't get them? <laughs> I mean, that's how China works. So what do you think the future holds then? Second wave? Uh, infections? I think, I think it, we're going to get hit. When? It's starting now. I don't know. I'm, I can't predict, but I think we're going to get... I don't know how bad, but I think it's going it's to hit 
the U.S. I I heard too that there's like tons of food, millions tons of food in China in China's ports rotting. I think people should start thinking about saving food because you think about it, most of the fish like salmon, chickens. It's not processed. There's some process here, obviously, but most of it's processed over in China and then shipped back here. Oh, shit. Think about that. And I'm not making that up. You can look it up. <laughs> also, labeling. Also, 90% of the... I think it's 90%. You're going to have to check of our antibiotics are made in China. Medicines are made in China. And there, there's a lot to think about. Shit, don't order anything from Wish. Well, the, the, flip, <laughs> the flip side of ordering from Wish, though, is it takes six months to get here. So if someone vomited on the box, you're good. You're good. It's dead. Oh, yeah, they're burning money in China. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, they're and they're literally, they're literally laundering some of the money using some type of uh, ultra... Blue light or something. Lots of Purell. <laughs> yeah, lots of Purell, yeah. It's, it's a fucking terrible, evil thing. And, and the truth is, I th not the truth is, I think. It sounds weird to say. I think we're going to find out that you're probably way more right that it does come, from, it did come from North Carolina. And it was shipped uh, to, to Wuhan like that. I'm, I'm sure that's far, far more likely than a fucking anteater or a bat yeah because people bullshit. are still eating bat soup yeah they're still so eating. they've been eating bat soup for fucking ever right like so now there's just now there's a guy that had some bat soup that was tainted with some weird shit yeah. like that, yeah, right they're china's uh also not bought, they're not coming out with that anymore they're changing the narrative but back to what these scientists there's a dr lieber okay he was funded by the chinese to build a branch of nanotechnology in that laboratory. The UNC laboratory? In China. Okay. Right. And um, they were they didn't have the test the blood test, so they were doing CT scans on lungs. And they noticed really small particles in people's lungs. I don't know what that's about, but it's something that was, I read about it, and then I didn't hear about it. <laughs> and then it disappears. Yeah, but that you can look him up. You can look up Dr. Lieber. Um, he was arrested. What can you tell me about the Harvard guy, or MIT guy? It was Harvard or MIT? I think that's him. Okay. He was the one that was... Um, that was arrest. He was getting paid like millions to work with the Chinese. Okay. Right. He was the head of Harvard. Gotcha. He was, he was leaking U.S. technology secrets to the Chinese. Paid millions in bribes. So, money is a motherfucker, right? People do. They don't care. They do, for fucking money, like, and that's what. It, like, how much money to make you happy? To, for you to have a good time. Like, in, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. 
All right, so I hate the I hate the term conspiracy theories. I, I just call them theories. Um, do you have a personal favorite? Like, is there one that you like you like to break out on people? Like, is there a particular idea uh, out there, truth, knowledge, wisdom, fact uh, that you like to throw out a conversation? Depends on who I'm talking to. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, like sacrificing children, the Vatican, all that kind of stuff. See, I need to dive deeper into the Vatican stuff. The Vatican stuff's very interesting, and I've been there, so it's so it's personal to me. Like my parents took me there when I was uh, much younger, so like I've been to these places. These were parts of my childhood, and so to learn things uh, about them is. I want to know what kind of ancient wisdom is in the basement of the Vatican, like yeah. in the Vatican libraries. Yeah. Um, I've also gotten into um, other theorists lately who said that part, of the, well, a big part of the destruction of, of, like, say, the library at Alexandria was to get rid of the ancient knowledge and the ancient wisdom. So that was, and I've been getting into this one as well. Like the the wars in Iraq weren't necessarily for oil, but they were to get to a Stargate. I like that story a whole lot more than people being uh, murdered for a non-renewable resource. You're telling me that Saddam Hussein had a portal to another dimension? I'd rather live in that world. Like, that world sounds way fucking cooler uh, than whatever bullshit you're selling me. Well, he knew... He knew well, Hussein knew what was really going on. That's why they friggin' hung him so damn fast. Did you ever see anything so fast? No. No, every I mean No. Fucking everybody sticks around a lot longer than Hussein. Like they 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 did that He knew where the bodies were buried. Yeah, he knew who put them there. Yep. That yeah. was amazing how fast that happened. And then his head fell off to be sure. <laughs> um, to make sure he ain't coming back from this one. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, and allegedly that's why they burned the, like, the, the library to Alexandria. Um, that's why, um, I mean, I'm not sure that's why the uh, um, Genghis, Khan, uh, Genghis Khan and, uh, and the, the Mongol horde got rid of, um, was, it, was, it the Bag was it Baghdad? Okay, so the Mongols, I'm trying to remember the story um, properly. I guess somebody in, in uh, Baghdad had written that the Mongols were dirty, terrible, hairy people um, or some <laughs> such thing. And so the Mongols invaded and uh, you know they threw all of the library into the river. And apparently the river ran black with ink. Mm-hmm. Um, like they proved that they were into it. Again, shit you can look into. Um, I'm pulling up a weird history fact that I m- might have heard once or twice five years ago. There we go. But is it most of the occultists? Doesn't it mostly come out of that area? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where Secret a lot of books, a lot of language came from. The first languages, the first numbers, the first right. You know, collectively, you know, collective societies. You know, large collective societies: hundred thousand people, ten thousand people, twenty thousand people, um, with like sewers. Yeah. Yeah, they figured a lot of shit out. Um, they, they figured out cultivation. They figured out crops. They figured they domesticated animals. These were some very, very smart, civilized people. And they knew some shit. And, and the occult and, 
and all of that thing has been around since forever. And when you, if you get into religion, if you're someone that gets into practicing organized religion, where you go to the church every Sunday and you have a guy that stands at an altar and he speaks to you out of out of a out of a, an old book, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you're just you know you're not sacrificing children anymore. You know, you're doing something else. You're doing something that uh, we've learned to stomach. Right. So what, so aside from stocking up on food, is there any good news coming out of China? No, not really. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. No, I'm not answering that. So you want to hear my dilemma involving good. China right now, Chinese goods and services? Good. True story. There is a Chan Sneakers. This is a, an online seller of um, bootleg sneakers. Knockoffs, if you will. Everything in China is a knockoff. And bless their hearts. Like, you shouldn't be charging... Um, charging people $500 for a pair of sneakers is fucking criminal. Especially if they're not actual sneakers. Like, they're not... These aren't actual basketball shoes. Um, no one is playing basketball in a pair of Yeezys. Yeah, um, right. So, there is a sneaker called the Jesus Shoe. God. Yeah, I thought myself, I was like, this is a Kanye West thing. Like, are these, are these <laughs> Birkenstocks? No, no. These are Nike Airs that, rather than air in the soul, have water. Water that has been blessed by a priest. Now, here's, here's the great thing about that. You can get the knockoff version of this and still get a priest to bless them. Yeah, sure. And it, you do this the same thing. In fact, you can have your... You can have your priest bless any of your sneakers. They don't even have to have water or air in the soles. You just talk to your priest. I'm sure he'd be happy to do it. Like, right, 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 like right, what, right, right. Like, what else is he doing? I don't know. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. That's, That's bizarre. And what do they sell those for? Okay, so the non-bootlegs go for upwards of like two to $3,000. Because there's a resale market. This is, and this is how they... They've destroyed sneaker culture. I used to love sneakers. I used to get into sneakers and buy when something cool uh, dropped, when something new dropped, or some cool retro dropped. I would, I'd, I'd get them. I'd buy them because I liked them. However, now we're talking about, you know, um, gouging a culture, or, or gou- we're talking about gouging people uh, and capitalizing off of a culture that. You were never you were never a part of. So like Nike, and I, I might be I might be misinterpreting this is re-releasing an Air Jordan uh, that um, is uh, but but made from hemp products, right? Um, the thing is, is there's already some pretty cool companies. I believe it's called Dope Kicks uh, that make a hundred percent hemp sneaker. It's waterproof. And it's uh, not owned by a company that practices slave labor in China, right? Like you feel way, way better about yourself buying a pair of these. However, Nike is trying to sell sneakers to people who want them because they're cool Jordans that no one else has. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of, though? It reminds me of the Middle Ages relics. They're making sneakers that are relics. Yeah, there's, <laughs> like you're passing them on to your children. Oh, these are my wow. grandfather's Jordans. 
These are 30 years old. Wow. And he never wore them. Oh, I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. But you have you have Christian relic sneakers. Christian uh, relic sneakers. Wow. Blessed by a priest. <laughs> now, blessed by the Vatican. Here's what I what I wonder though is like so what you spent time in China. What what is their actual policy on religion? Okay, there's a lot of Buddhists. Okay. Um, I think there's three types of Buddhists. Then they have, there's like Christians, but it's like a, they make it up according to the government. So I went into this church last time I was there. It was open. It was, I think it was Christmas when I was there. So I went, ah, let me go in there. Well, they have set up as their, one of their saints, Santa Claus. He's, Saint Nick. Saint Nick. He's up there, you know. He, it wasn't for Christmas. He, he's up there all the time. So we had Santa Claus with the reindeer. Then we had uh, Saint Christopher. And then we had, um, they had the cross, but they didn't have Jesus on the cross, but they had a cross. But so how many Americans, though, have, like, misrepresented or just flat-out wrong, like, religious iconotry from, like, other faiths hanging up in their house because they think it's cool? Yeah. Chairman Mao beats it. <laughs> They've got Chairman Mao <coughs> calendars from the, you know, 40s. Hanging up on their Chairman Mao bikini calendars. Cha yeah. Chairman Mao's a saint. They have a little, you know, how people have saints on their. They some people put saints in their cars, Saint Christopher, whatever. They have their little bobblehead of Chairman Mao or a medallion of Chairman Mao. I, I might make that one of the next T-shirts. I figure like I, you know, like I'm, I'm way less to get uh, likely to get murdered if I do it like a funky Chairman Mao T-shirt than just about anyone else. But like if you do. You Chairman Mao at the beach, you know, like a Venice Beach Muscle Beach guy. Yeah, yeah. Have go. fun at Chairman while he's, yeah. you know, while he's got spilt gravy on his chest. Whatever. Yeah. Have look, some fun with Chairman Mao. Look up the um, the old posters, communist posters. You could take something from that and make a T-shirt. Oh shit! Yeah, put them on Hulk oh, Hogan. Oh man! Yeah. Why not? Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So, what is Chinese humor like? Oh God, it's pretty bizarre. It's really bizarre. They like uh, shit jokes. Okay. Like, fart jokes. Um, what else do they? They're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> and cultural differences. There is some cult. There's a lot of cultural differences. But, but you know, like they're they're us. They're us with like a like an oppressive authoritarian government on them. Like that's. I, I guess that's what I'm just trying to, to get at. Like right. we're, just, we're just we're just people, and they're they are people who fucking are viewed by numbers. It seems like they're viewed by numbers rather than as individuals. Like yeah, they are. You've got to have some incredible art coming out of there. You, oh, you've got to have some incredible music. You've got to have obviously incredible food. Um, but but I want to know. Like I want to be able to go there, and I I want to be. You know, and, and see what like what the real like well, you, what what that shit's supposed to taste like over there. You would have to, for you to really see that. You have you you would have to come with me. 
<laughs> because there's the outer ring where they, it's all plastic, and then there's the inner ring where you get to talk to the real people and they tell you what, you know, what went on and how they're treated. And I, I mean, then there's the communists that are totally, they're so fake. They'll throw you under the bus in a second. They'll kill you in a second. But the real people, the people that I, you know, that I really got to know over there, um, really great. I miss that. I, you know, I can't go back for a while. You know, it's been 26 friggin' years. I've seen that country change from women wearing skirts that had, you know plaid skirts with a flowered blouse to like high fashion. It like changed unbelievably. I've got, I've got pictures. I, I've, I'm, I've done a lot of photography just depicting what, the, what China was about because I knew that was, that was gonna disappear. I have so many pictures that the government has asked me for my pictures. And you know, they're just little camera stuff, but they want those pictures. The change is so drastic what they did. You, 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 you can't fathom it. They can build anywhere. They have cities, gigantic cities that are empty. And where are you gonna move, where are you gonna move these people that are from these infected cities? So when you do something like that, a you know you're stimulating the economy because you're building you're building buildings. People, you need to build these buildings Holy with people shit. who are building them. So if now you've got a place like Wuhan or or any of these other outlying outlying places, they all have the. They, they, China builds each city. They're basically all the same layout. They all have. If you go to um, Beijing. They have their certain uh, tourist area that will look the same as it does in South China. I mean, the buildings will be different, but you'll see a similarity. So, but that's but that's also you know something that you see in the United States. Like you, you go down south, you the same uh, bullshit strip mall stores that you see um, in in Texas, you're going to see in New York or Massachusetts. Occasionally you'll see a couple of little differences. I'm, to I'm talking about like the architecture, the architecture, like in New York city is not the same as Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Shout out to Tulsa. They've got beautiful architecture. Never been to Tulsa. I never went there. Tulsa is a good town to look up in. It's good, beautiful buildings. Yeah, I can imagine. St. Louis, another one of those downtown is beautiful. Right. Beautiful so, but you, like, yeah. you, you go to different states, you see the differences. Yeah. There, you see this, it's like the same architecture now. What they do crazy shit, like they'll rip a 4,000 year old temple down and build one that looks just like it, instead of, you know, restoring it. What the hell is that about? I mean, they do crazy stuff. So, stuff that, like, I can't fathom what the hell, why would they do that? So I caught a story from uh, from an actor by the name of Michael Jai White. He's the guy that played Spawn. He's been in Black Dynamite. He was saying that he was talking about Shaolin Kung Fu, and he's he's a martial arts guy more far more than I. And he was saying that like Shaolin Kung Fu had been gone for hundreds of years until uh, the Kung Fu movies came out, and they kind of just picked Shaolin monks. Um, 
but then there, when you go see like the the Shaolin monks on display, those aren't Shaolin monks. Shaolin monks have been gone for hundreds of years. Right. These are performance artists. They have, believe it or not, back in '94, I was traveling around South China with this guy from England, photographing um, kung fu artists like um, praying mantis kung fu, um, drunken kung fu. Um, what's some of the other ones? The one with the, where you take the bench and you use a bench. Well, I went with him and we went around China photographing these old martial artists. They're all gone. Yeah. Tiger Kung Fu, you know. Um, yeah, so today it's, it's, it, it, it's just a display. You know, there's, there's Kung Fu schools. I mean, I went to, when I first went to China, I went there to compete in Tai Chi. That's how I went over there. And then my, the family that, my teacher's family knew I was going to school for art, so they introduced me to my teacher for lacquer. I, I, said, I gave up a lot of stuff to schooling here to go over there to school. But uh, what was my point? Yeah, well, they, when I went there for that competition, it was at a martial arts school. You can send your kid to a school where you're educated in, you know, books and everything, you know, and then you're taught Kung Fu. And then, man, pretty damn amazing. My biggest gripe, bitch and complaint about the remake of the Karate Kid film was that he <laughs> taught him Kung Fu. And they called it Kung Fu in the movie, but they still insisted on calling it the Karate Kid. You could have called it the Kung Fu Kid, starring Will Smith's kid, and we would have bought it. I would have had no fucking problem it with it. It just means martial art. Each one of those uh, martial arts has a name. It's not Kung Fu. It's like, oh, he has, he has Kung Fu. That means he has uh, ability in martial, yeah. martial art. Like Tai Chi isn't Kung Fu. It, it has Kung Fu in it, ability. You should see my teacher's like 80 years old. Probably limber as a son again. I should bring you pictures of this guy. He was, he, he was the uh, 1983 top Tai Chi in U style with the sword. And it is, a, look it up, W-U, Tai Chi, sword. It's freaking gorgeous. How'd you get into martial arts? How did I? How did you get into martial arts? It's one, another thing that we my talk neighbor. about on the show. Okay. He was my neighbor and he couldn't speak English. And I, I remember seeing him practicing and I, I, don't know, I just went up to him and like, oh, oh you know, <laughs> trying to communicate. And then he's like. You English, I teach you Tai Chi. I was like, oh, me English, you I teach you Tai Chi. I said, yeah, okay. Because I used to watch him and he was like, wow, this guy is like a, it's like a dancer. I'm a big fan of being able to learn things for free and trade. Like, I'm a, a big fan of that. Oh, man, I, I taught him a hell of a lot. I had to go to the grocery store and buy stuff. Taught him English, you know. He bought a car, he's... He's got a house in Texas and one in Staten Island. I think he did pretty damn good for himself. He did. He taught, <laughs> he taught a man to fish. Um, so here's one that I got hit up with 
uh, yesterday, and I know I'm just dropping this one on you. Walt Disney. So a buddy of mine is taking his family to Disney World uh, this summer. He's already bought the tickets. Okay. So I'm going to start with this. When you look at Walt Disney's signature, look into it. Okay. There are three sixes in there. Really easy to see. Uh, and this is all shit you can look into. And Walt Disney was a master image maker. He knew what he was doing with everything. Uh, when he presented an image, every bit of it was thought out, whether it was the use of, uh, the use of magic and the dark arts in Fantasia or, um, or even racist imagery. He knew oh, what the yeah. fuck he was oh, doing. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was connected with um, really, really well-known Nazis uh, and NASA. So I want to know what Walt Disney was doing for NASA. Because I've seen pictures of him hanging out with Warner Von Braun. Uh, I've seen video of them hanging out at, at, at NASA. Why was Walt Disney at NASA? What does the man behind the Imagineers have to do with landing a rocket on the moon? You get into the conspiracies involving oh, Stanley Kubrick yeah. uh, uh, faking the moon landing or being part of the documentary, uh, documenting the fake moon landing. And man, there's, um, I'd much rather believe that. That's way more, again, you call me crazy. I'll, I've been called a lot worse. I'd much rather believe that Walt Disney and Warner Braun Braun were uh, hanging out with Stanley Kubrick trying to figure out how to land on the moon and make it work. Um, especially when that dude was doing things years ahead of anyone else, when the, with the use of darkness, we're talking about more or less black or white, black and white video. There's a lot you can do and not do with darkness. You um, and I, I've been watching a lot of uh, darker films lately. Blade Runner. Uh, part of the reason that they were able to get away with so much of the sci-fi in like 1982 was because of the use of darkness. Is that Philip K. Dick? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Do Androids Dream of Robot Sheep. Right. Yeah. Great book. A lot going on there. Did you Did you read or see uh, Man in the High Castle? I have not. Uh, I started watching Man in the High Castle, and it's just um, I always get wrapped up into other shit. Like right now I'm watching Narcos, and that's... Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, but I, Man in the High Castle is one because they finished, uh, they finished the series... You know, you can binge watch it now and not right, get mad right, waiting right. another year for the next season. Um, so it's it's one that's on my list of things to watch. Um, how do you feel about it? Do you think they did a good representation of the story from the book? The book's got more into it. There's more in the book, you know, there's more about the I Ching. They just touch on that, but... What is the I Ching? It's like a divination tool that China kind of complex. It's really hard to understand the I Ching. It's not like tarot cards. It's really, it's really complex. But he, they put a little bit of it into the book, like predictions and uh, in the movie. I think they did a pretty, pretty good job, but it, it's, it's different. It's different from the book. So I Ching is kind of like tarot cards then. So Something like telling that. Telling the future. Div- divination, yeah. Okay. But the movie is, it's made for TV. Good. Yeah. I like those. Yeah, I, I think you'd like it. I think you can tell a lot of stories over I like over the parallel universes. Episodes. Good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Um, 
Another conversation um, that I've been having um, recently was also about uh, uh, Spielberg and some of what was put in Behold the Pale Horse. Have you read Behold the Pale Horse? No, that's one I want to read. Okay, so um, Bill Cooper's Behold the Pale Horse, essentially what it said about Spielberg was that um, he was retelling events that have actually happened fictionalized, like... Um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was a true story, but that was something that was fictionalized. E.T. was based on an act, on actual events, uh, however, fictionalized in a way that's presented. Sort of like a soft disclosure sort of thing. Like, we told you this was happening, like the warnings on cigarettes, but way, way more subdued. Spielberg, I have a, a little bit of a... Probably. Yeah, no, I have the same boat. Ditto. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There are a lot of things you could can bring up about Spielberg, his association with the Mega Group, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can dive into. It's really easy to go into the darkness of Steven Spielberg. That's why, like, there's some things that I I'm just not ready. I'm not not ready to make that commitment to. Like, I don't want to find out terrible things about Charlie Wilson. I'm still good about Charlie with Charlie Wilson's war. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. I'm not sure if it's on Amazon. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. I can tell you that it's good. Okay. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is oh, always I is love, great. Love. Um, I rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I I'm not sure if there is a conspiracy involving the death of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I would prefer to just I I can live knowing that he was a he was a sad artist, you know, and he had a he had a drug problem. Man. He was freaking awesome. I mean, the best Truman Capote ever. He, he was, was the... so free. He, everything he did, the guy was freaking great. When he, so, oh my god! So that was when I was younger. Um, I was told that I looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Twister. <laughs> I'll take it. Like I'll take it. it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's cool. Like it's whatever. I like Philip Seymour Hoffman. If you you know if you're like you look like. This asshole. You look like Rich. I look nothing like Richard Gere. Um, <laughs> nothing like him. I'll take Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's a great yeah. actor. Um, yeah. Um, all right. And I think we've we've hit on a lot of stuff. Um, so do, is there anything you want to say about Walt Disney? Other than my to my friend who's bought the tickets. Besides looking to Club 33. Um, uh, well, yeah. Well, I think he was. Yeah? Yeah. He was definitely involved in a lot of dark things um, that uh, that they suppress. I know that a, the reason that we have a lot of the copyright law is um, to protect Walt Disney Corporation and their um, their shit. So, generally speaking, like the average record company doesn't have the money to pay for lawyers to to fight to get new laws. However. Walt Disney has been tied to the, the the government since Walt Disney. Right. So that's something to dive into. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk I've, to I've you some heard, more. About I've it. heard some weird stuff about him, but uh, I want to look this go into this. Right. Sounds interesting. There's there's a lot going on with Walt Disney. There's a lot going on with Spielberg. There's a lot going on and. And when you just dig a little bit deeper, you'll find out some very, very interesting things. Some cool, some great, some terrible, some evil, some 
just stuff. But as a as a person, you know, and kind of owe it to yourself just to hell yeah, just to scratch the surface of the things things that you believe. Why do you believe these things? Like, are, do you believe these things because you were told, or or is there evidence to support that? Um, like, we all, many of us, believed in the Tooth Fairy. We believed in Santa Claus. We fucking believed in the Undertaker. Like we, we believed in these fictitious uh, characters. But, but then we pro- were, were provided evidence contrary to their existence. But we have like these long-standing beliefs, and we won't even scratch the surface up because we just believe them. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I don't. I'm trying to. I don't want to be mind controlled. I want to have. I don't want my mind to be cluttered with what we're talking—the bullshit. Yeah. So to free my mind, you know, and that's like you just said, digging into these topics, even digging into all the lies that we were told. Even if you're just scratching the surface, you'll be surprised by what's there. Oh yeah, like you, this book. You, you dig a foot down in into your uh, in your your yard. You're you might find something cool, man. Yeah. Over, over, spread over a wide enough oh, yeah. circle, you'll find something that you didn't know was there. Um, yeah. Okay, so what is the name of the book again? It's called Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon by David McGowan. All right. And uh, interesting about him, he was on a lot of shows and then he ended up dying of cancer. Crazy how that happens. Uh, yeah, he wrote some really intense books about serial killers and MK Ultra and Manson. Yeah. Yeah. Picking up right now, narrated by Bill Fike. It's on Audible. Definitely check it out. Check it out. I mean, you show this to somebody that's into the Grateful Dead or anything, they will like blasphemy. How can you? You know, this is who that. Nah, take a, take a look. By the way, I love the Kenai River Brewery. I do not drink, so I haven't had their Grateful Red, but I'm sure it's delicious. <laughs> Let me just throw that one out there. Speaking of, like, because we don't have a lot of great places to eat in this town. Uh, shout out to the Schnitzel Bomber. They're one of the sponsors of this podcast. Um, they're awesome. Kenai River Brewery, Playa Azul. But, like, it's this is a weird place to enter uh, to open up a restaurant because you've got to be able to pay your rent even with business on a Tuesday evening in February. Um, yeah, that's true. That is really true. It's sad. Yeah, we just don't have the. I mean, we don't have the population to support it. However, like a place like the Schnitzel Bomber is much smaller. They don't have to pay for like a dining room. Um, Never went there. No. Nah? Okay, so they're not open on Mondays. Um, However, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 8, they are the highest rated restaurant on Yelp in the Kenai Peninsula. That little... Yep. They used to be Mexican food? Yep. And what Corner of... Is it German food? It's schnitzel. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of German food. It's, it's basically, it's fusion. Like, if, you ever, if you've ever been to a, a Mexican-Italian restaurant. But it's... Like schnitzels and Cuban sandwiches. Like if you combine a schnitzel with a Cuban sandwich. Last week their special was one of my favorites, the schnitzel poutine. And what was that? It was like your standard Canadian poutine, cheese curds, gravy with schnitzel and church it up for you a little bit. Um, so you ever watch South Park? Yeah. Okay. You ever see the 
uh, episode where Cartman gets a, um, a hot tub full of KFC gravy. No, I never saw that. Yeah, so that's how good their gravy is. I want it in a hot tub. It's I want a hot tub full of their gravy. It's good. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Schnitzel Bomber makes some bomb ass gravy. Uh, they always have fresh homemade um, bread puddings. Their bread puddings are fucking bomb. They just make very very good food. Um, you go in there. You ask for the bistro fries. Those are solid. I'll just pick up like if I've got my kids in the car, I'll go in and and get you know. And they're like, fresh. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, big fan. That's good. Um, then they source as much of their vegetables and their, their stuff locally as they can. Oh, that's good. So, a big fan. Solid shout out to the Schnitzel Bomber. They make good food. Um, and then one of my favorite things like is to go through and say, you know, like, um, ask them to freestyle it. Just put something together for me. Get creative. And have them get creative. I've gotten some really cool things. They know what I'm into and... Um, you know, they'll make it for me. They've actually, really, they've also got a sandwich named after me. <laughs> what is it? It's the, uh, it's the Buffalo Bill. It's a spicy, uh, chicken schnitzel. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I'm a big fan. I don't get it very often, but, but when I do. I was raised near a German, I think I told you. It was, used to be a bunt camp back in the 30s. And there was a German restaurant up there, and the, like you drive up this hill, you know, it was up on this little. There's no mountains in New Jersey, but it was yeah. this hill. It looked like you're in Switzerland, and uh, they used to have all these German festivals and the food. Yeah. Gunther and Erica owned it. <laughs> so the soups, the soups are also very good. Oh, at good. The Schnitzelbomber, they've got good soups. They've got like. Um, okay, so they had a, a really good uh, pork and beans last week that I had. Okay. Um, they've had, um, uh, shoot, good stuff. You, I don't know what their specials are, but they've had, they've had goulash. And the, the best thing I can say about any, any food up here is that it feels familiar, right? Like, this, this may not taste like what a schnitzel tastes like, just like what a, t a schnitzel is going to taste like at any given restaurant. But a lot of those restaurants that you go to in Germany, all their shit tastes the same anyway. So like, so it's it's very Americanized, traditional German food. Where else do you go? Um, I like Playa Azul, A, because they're close by, and, and B, yeah. um, they have quality meats. Like that's that's the other thing. Like if I see like the, your building has like the Ted's Tasty Meats truck dropping out your food off, like I have a little bit more faith. Oh, okay. So Ted's Tasty Meats out of Anchorage is, uh, you know, much smaller than oh, okay. some, like, national food service or something. Right, right. right. Um, and the guy that owns Ted's Tasty Meats has a house on the Kenai. 